nobody escapes. Heidi, Heidi, and Frank. Heidi and Frank. There's no escaping them. More Heidi and Frank now on 95.5 KLOS. Show talking tough love, tough love that came back, you know, boomerang back around. It paid off. Yeah. So you threw it out there, going, I don't know if they're ever going to come back. Whew. I'm going to just piss my kid off so much, they're never going to come back. But they did. They came back and said, "Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom, for doing that. I learned a valuable lesson. I'll never forget it. Sorry, I was such a little asshole." Well, my mom, my mom was one of those moms that did everything for me, everything. Everything was handled for me. My laundry, my everything. And when I started to get that age where I was thinking I was grown and I was talking back and I'm a woman and you, you know, you got to lay off a little bit. She goes, oh, really? You're all grown up? She stopped doing everything for me. Cold everything. turkey. Oh, cold turkey. And it, I remember a Friday night rolling around. I was like, hey, uh, mom, where's that? You know that white shirt that I wear with those one jeans? She goes, I have no idea. You didn't wash it? Oh, I don't. I don't wash grown people's clothes. <laughs> and I went. Oh, and I realized none of it had been done. Yeah. And I wanted to go out. And it was like, oh, so that irony, like everything, I just started to do. And I looked back, and I, I'm so thankful for that because I learned how to do all of that. And yep. it was that moment in time where I was like, oh, why don't you be careful, like when, when you're gonna talk and and think that you're all grown up because you could. Eat it pretty hard, which she did. She, and she did the perfect thing a parent should do. It's like, oh, you feel all grown up? Good, you're on your own. I mean, that was kind of a benefit for her, too, because she was like, I don't do your laundry anymore. Make you dinner. It's I like, don't do I, it. Mom, she did nothing. Mom finally got a break. Did nothing. Bonus. Win-win. And I grew up. Uh, hello, Charles. Uh, hey, Frank. Hey, uh, Heidi. Good Hi. to see you. You can also call me Rodney because I get no respect. No respect. Hey, My wife told me to go to the store the other day. I said, what do you need? She said, peace and quiet. <laughs> I said, what's the best time you ever had making love? She said, when you're out of town. <laughs> hey, ho, ho, hey. Ho, hey, hey. Oh, it looks good on you, though. All right. Yeah. Uh, Charles, do you have a tough love story? Yeah. Okay. So I, I was kind of messing around. I just turned 20. Experiment with drugs. Uh, police had come to the house once to search for some stuff. My dad said, you know what? You got a year. You got to get out. I moved away a couple months later because I was just so angry. I'm like, I, you don't want me. Ah, I'm out. I'm out. And then I didn't. I barely talked to him for a year or two. And I went back years later and I said, Dad, you know, that was the best thing you ever did for me. Because I might have went down a different path because everything was being handed out to me. And once I got on my own, I made it on my own. And I realized the value of that and what I could do. And I don't know if I would be the same person I am today if he wouldn't have done that for me. So, yeah, the tough yeah. love part is your dad kicking you out. And, and, and I know he wanted, wanted to talk to you for that year and a half, two years you didn't talk to him. I mean, he was, he was hurting inside because oh, he, he missed his son. But, yeah. I'm, but he's awfully glad. I'm so glad you went back. I mean, yesterday was thank you day. But I'm glad you went back to your dad and actually said that was the best thing you did for him because that meant a lot. Because he, he went through a lot of pain those two years just missing you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and and he cried when I told him because I'd, I, we we talked a couple years after, but I didn't tell him until I was older and adult, my late thirties, and I said, you know what, that was the best thing you ever did for me. Yeah. Hey ho ho hey. Hey ho, and now you get respect. respect. Yeah. You know what I think too? What with when you, with Charles. your dad doing that, Charles? Oh, with your dad, that's fine. With your dad doing that, and any parent doing that, that's 
sort of subliminally, subliminally, like them telling you, I know, like them telling you, I believe you can do it on your own. I'm, I'm kicking you out of the nest because I think you can fly, not because I know you're going to fall flat on your ass. Yeah, I guess it's, it's the way like, you kick him out that you can't say, yeah, go be homeless. I don't care. Well, you don't do that. That's Just say, negative. hey, look, you're, you're a 20-year-old <laughs> man. You're a capable man mm-hmm. and or a woman. It's time to go figure it out. Time to go figure it out. Make you your own this. way in the you world. You can figure it out. You've got I, it. I have faith that you'll figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> There'll be some bumps in the road, but we all had bumps in the road. And bumps in the road makes you the person you are, you eventually become. Uh, I mentioned Guy Fieri and his uh, his tough love with his kids. He says he has a, a rite of passage for his sons when they get their driver's license to ensure they become responsible and self-sufficient. See, recently his 16-year-old son, Ryder, started driving, so he got his grandparents' old minivan. And back when his, his now 26-year-old son, Hunter, got his license, he had to drive his grandpa's 1996 truck with no working windows. And the deal was, his reasoning was simple. Guys, he said, show me that you can spend a year driving the car, not getting any dents, not getting any wrecks, not getting any tickets. Then you can take your own money out of your out of the bank and go buy a car. Like, that's where, he, you know, or I'm sure the money in the bank was guys' money. Right. He's like, you can do it for a whole year. No dents, no wrecks, no tickets. That's awesome. Then I can buy you the car of your dreams. But you got to show me that you can do that. Whoa. And obviously... The 16-year-old, your Guy Fieri son, everybody know, like you said, I mentioned his name, like, hey, he's rich, it'd be great to be a son. Yeah. You're, you're driving to school in grandma's minivan? They're like, oh, what, what are you doing? At the end of the year, Johnny would be like, hey, dad, um, I'm good. I like the van. Yeah, yeah. So, can I use the money for something yeah. else? Keep it. <laughs> Maybe like upgrade it? it to a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> Get some air conditioning yeah. in it that Maybe works. Maybe Bluetooth yeah. capability. Other than that, I mean, it's cool by me. Yeah, I didn't do that. My, I think it's different. My daughter, you know, like I said, Johnny, wrapped around yeah. your finger. I don't yeah. know the fear. Every has father daughters. and their daughters, you know. So she turned 16 and I went out and, and got her a, a Chevy Volt. Oh, jeez. Brand new. Jesus. And uh, and that's back when they were, like, expensive, like well, was electric a, cars. But, you know, it was a lease. I mean, I probably should have got her a that. used car yeah. and, like, let, and a beater. Uh-huh. I mean, she's a... Uh. A girl driving, and who knows? And said for a year. Let, I didn't though, you, you know, because I was an idiot. And so I got her a Volt. She didn't wreck it or nothing like that, but it was. I got her like a two-year lease. So now when she's eighteen, she needs another car. So I got her a new Volt. And then two-year lease. Then when she turned twenty, she needed a new car. So I got her a Ford Fusion. My God. I know. I'm My an idiot. God. And the only you way are. I even got out of that is because she wrecked the Fusion. Okay, totaled it. She's fine. It was a, it was total. Yeah, I remember. And so, got the payout for that car, and I gave her that money because I was going to give her the car anyway. Because you know, she went to Berkeley and she graduated, and I was like, hey, that, "That's your car. I mean, I, oh, I paid for it, but it's, get- it's going to be yours. Oh yeah, paid for everything anyway. School, everything. Ah. There's your car. And so when she totaled it, I just gave her the cash and said, "Now go buy whatever ah. you want with that." And so she did, and she she downsized because she, she was smart with it and got. But now she owns her own car. And you're off of everything. And I don't have to pay insurance, so it's like I got a way out of it. But it, didn't, but it took me until she was 25 to get out of it. I, I kind of roped myself into the situation where she got a new car every two, thanks to Daddy. Ugh. Oh, oh, man. Jesus. I'm a moron. So when it comes to, uh, I'm a, a, a jelly-filled guy who can't do tough love because yeah. it hurts me too much. What about your son? 
Well, then, because he sees everything that she got, then it's then it's the comparative thing. It's like, well, you know, you got her that, but mm-hmm. me, me, like, oh God, here we go. Yeah, but do you ever use grades or anything like that? Say, listen, she was a great grades. student. She was a great student. She got great grades. No, she, she wasn't. Oh, she wasn't. Oh, like, <laughs> Frank, what the hell is wrong with you? I said I was an idiot. Okay, that's fair. He admitted it. That's fair. That's the only thing I've ever been wrong about. Okay. <laughs> So that's why I'm turning to the audience, the people out there who've had kids and and they did the they did the tough love, they suffered through their own tough love, and they got the gratitude at the end. I'm looking for that story. What did you do that worked? Kicking your kid out seems like I don't know if I want to do that in L.A. I'm, we're worried about them staying up all night. Are they are they are they okay? Well, they got eventually oh. they got to stay on their own, whether they're 18 or 26. We got uh, Mark on line five. Mark, tell me your tough love story. Well, well, you see, you're looking for one specific thing. It's not one thing, Frank. It's uh, okay. everything. You, right. you got to, you know, you got to go to all the stuff. You got to be there. And when they're being little jerks, it's hard. And you got to take stuff away from them. And yeah. you got to be a jerk all the time. I mean, but then they, you tell them, you get the rewards for this if you're cool. If you're cool, I, I won't do nothing. You can do whatever you want. Right. And they, my kids are great. You know, they love me, man. That was, we, Frank, that was sort of like your everything. point. We did everything. I've said that. He said that. He said, listen, if you're doing your job, you're getting everything done, your grades are good, then you can, you know, the world is yours. Uh, I really can't say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought them both a $5,000 car, and I said, if you wreck it, too bad. Well, my daughter went out, wrecked her car, back on the bus, baby. Sorry. See, you know? see that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's what you, that you did the right thing. And you stuck to your guns. Yeah. I'd have been that pussy to went out and got her a five, another $5,000 car. Mm. Oh, no, my but then, but then, but then. But then I'm so proud of her. But then she took the insurance money. She got on the bus. She got kept her job. She saved up her money and she bought a little, um, a bo- uh, what do you call it? Whatever, a little another car of her own. And she was so proud of that that she did it on her own. Right, yeah. right. Taught right. her that lesson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mark, you're a better father than I. No. Thank you. I, I, I do. I do uh, respect <laughs> your hey. opinion. Thank you. I appreciate it. Why? Well, then let me go to the bash with you. Uh, let's see, I don't, I don't think I have any more bash tickets today. I think I gave them all away, didn't I? Call tomorrow. Call tomorrow, Mark, and say that you're Mark, your great dad, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Christine, let's talk to a mom. Hello. Hello. Hello, Christine. <laughs> Hello. So, um, so when I was married, we had lots of money, whatever. Then I got divorced, and I'm raising my three kids. And I would apologize to them constantly, like, I'm so sorry, this isn't the life I planned for you, blah, 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 whatever, they drove beaters, all of that sort of thing. And, you know, my son learned how to fix cars, all of that. Well, they're all in their 20s now, and um, he finally got a teaching job, moved to Oregon, and he bought his first brand new car. And the pride he felt Mm. was, like, incredible. And then he would always say to me, I'm getting all choked up, he would always say to me, you know, Mom, don't worry, we know how to live without money, we know how to live with money. So, wow. you know, we're going to be okay. Oh, man. What a load off. Yeah, I know. Because you felt guilty did, for breaking up the family up. and cheating on their dad. I did. I, well, listen. <laughs> I did not cheat on their dad. I'm just guessing. So. <laughs> no, but I did. I felt super guilty because I'm like, you know, I couldn't give them what, what I the had planned to give them. The life that you planned, yeah. But. Exactly. This wasn't the walk I planned on doing with them, but... They're all great kids. They all make their own money now. And you they're did. like, Mom, it's okay. You, you did. did. And now I've gone back to school. Now they're helping me get through school. I know. So Look at that, Come Christine. On. That's I awesome. Know. You're a good mama. <laughs> good mom, Christine. Well, Thank I you try. so much. I've had my moments. I've had my moments. And but, yeah, they're, they're good kids. So. <laughs>
Thank you, Christine. That's I, an awesome Hardest story. job ever. That's I what I want to hear. I want to feel the, hear the feel-good stories about tough love. Yeah. This is so hard. And Johnny. Yeah. I'm learning right now. I know. If the five and a three-year-old, I mean, it's going to happen a lot sooner than later when you've got to start teaching life lessons. And they're going to say, I hate you, Johnny. Little Lucy's going to look at you one day and go, I hate you. Oh, she already does. But. No. Yeah, but she doesn't know what that means yet. Like She's she just heard just, it from her mom. Yeah. And her yes. brother. <laughs> and, and mother-in-law. Yeah. When she doesn't get, yeah. I'm like, her you way. cannot have candy right before dinner. All I right. hate you. <laughs> Uh, Doreen, let's talk to another mom that's a little tough love on her kid. Hey, Doreen. Okay, I took the phone off speaker. Thank you. I had a 17-year-old son that was a professional gamer. And I can stay on that game 24 hours a day. And I told his older sisters and I we had to do something. And we unhooked the game. And he had stuff on there he had made. And he had sold, you know, little characters, game, and all kinds of stuff. And we unplugged it because he wasn't waking up for school. And he was so pissed, you wouldn't believe it. Right. I believe <laughs> it. He turned red. He stopped. Mom! He was mad at his sisters. He was mad at me. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what did we do? And he stopped off and left. And after that, he came back, and he said, he didn't talk. He didn't say a word. And then he got up every day, went to school, graduated, and I gave him my, my old car. And he messed that up so bad, my old Camry. And he had a big speaker in it and books and all kinds of crap. And he made it to school in that old car and back to high school. And he had another problem. He didn't write his term paper for English. I know, yeah. we're getting in the weeds here. When did he come back and say, thanks, Mom, for taking my games away? Did he ever he say that? He come back and say thanks he when never. he graduated. He did. When oh, he when he graduated. All when right. he graduated high he school. He graduated high school, and he went. He said he came back, and we, he said to his sisters and all of us, he was a guy a few words, he, but he did say thank you. And he hugged us all. And now he's president of Activision. And he hugged them all. Oh, my God. And it was great. Wow. And he he turned out to be a good father. Uh, they just had two babies, his high school girlfriend. Aww, congratulations, Grandma. And he's still, he's still They're a Mario gamer. and Luigi. <laughs> he still has a thing with Not games. That. He was into, no, he was playing Night Force. He was playing those really bad games. Oh, boy. So oh, my God. Uh, I know. We're getting in the weeds. Uh, thank thank had you. Had I'm glad it turned out. You're the best. You're the best. The great mom, Doreen. Aww. Excellent. Listen, I was getting the whole well, story. It, hey, send it to me in the Christmas letter, okay? I'll Frank, read about it. <laughs> Frank, don't see that makes you miss your mom because that's what conversations like are on the phone with your mom. I know my mom went so and so and so and so. You remember so and so? Tammy received tough love. She was on the other end when she was mad at her parents. Ooh. Uh, hello, Tammy. <laughs> hello. So, what lessons did your parents try to teach you that made you say, "I hate you"? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't really a hate you thing. It was, I want to live. <laughs> All right. What happened? Um, Damn. I was, I was 15 years old, and I was with my girlfriend, and we decided to smoke some weed. Um, I started breaking out in red spots. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I'm 55 now, by the way. And <laughs> I went home, and I thought, I got to tell my mom, because if I have to go to the hospital, I'm having a hard time breathing, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I told her what we were doing, 
and she got up from the kitchen table. She walked away. When she came back, she sat down. She tossed me a bottle of Benadryl and said, suffer. Wow. And no one likes a narc. And then- suffer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It was, it was the hardest way to learn that I am still allergic to weed. I can't even oh. be around it. I carry an EpiPen. Well, I can't have you come to the party. <laughs> I mean, right? You'll probably swell up and die. Killing me. California's <laughs> yeah. killing me. Oh, yeah, man. You, you go to Oregon, you're just going to turn into dust. Damn it. I know. Oh, Tammy, thank you so much for calling. Oh, allergic to weed. Oh, the tough love. Suffer. Whoa. Elijah says tough love worked on him. So he's another uh, kid who didn't understand what was going on at the time, but was grateful that it happened. Hello, Elijah. Hi, guys. Hi, Elijah. Hello, Elijah. Tell us your tough love story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my dad's 56th birthday. And now, backstory, my dad would um, pretty much lay the whooping on us growing up. My dad's 56th birthday. Uh, you know, he feels bad. He's um, regretting what he did to us uh, growing up. And he wants us to forgive him. And, of course, we all willingly forgive him. And we thank him for what he did because it made us into the people that we are today. And my dad will always say, well, you don't have to like someone, but you sure as hell have to respect them. And I keep that mindset for everything that I do. Hang on a second. uh, Uh, Elijah, is it? Um, what would you get your ass whooped for? Well, uh, for one instance, uh, my we were at my cousin's house, and my cousin actually cussed, and like we were maybe around six or five at that time, and my cousin cussed, and what 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 curse you know, were, what curse then, were that, this ass whipping or? It just, it, it seemed like anything. Like, anytime you were telling a story, did somebody kick your ass? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, right. We're going to give you some yeah. tough love right now, okay? I mean, just think of that. It, if Jordan. you didn't get such an ass whip, and you wouldn't know how to breathe out of your mouth, but now you do. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah. You know what? Thank but, you, Elijah, um, for calling Thank you, Elijah. Really, thank I'm you, glad Elijah. you learned the lessons, and you're grateful that your dad whipped your ass all the time. Or else you wouldn't be the man you are today a mouth breather. <laughs> Oh, Elijah. Well, I did learn a lot, and I think we'd help Johnny yeah. a lot with his two kids that are growing up. A lot of people out there, you know, just don't understand what's going on. It's like when this, if they have a car and the car breaks down, you're like, well, go get it fixed. Well, I don't even know how to get it fixed. But well, that's why you got to do it. Go figure out how to get it fixed. That you was- need a car, don't you? Figure it yeah, out. Yeah, you have to ask yourself in that situation, if I didn't have... Because I rely on my wife for a lot of things, too, because she just it's just easier for her to do it. But I think, okay, what if she was not here? What if she did not exist? And you had to go to a mechanic. And I figure it out. But because even you if you go to. to a mechanic, though, it's hard to figure it. You know you got to go take it to them. They're the experts. Yeah. But when you get there and they ask you what's wrong with the car, like, can I trust this person to do what's really right That's... for the car? I mean, if you act like you uh, know what's going on, mm-hmm. what is the deal? You're not supposed to act like you know what's going on because you say, I think it's a transmission. Then they're going to sell you a transmission if it's not because you right. thought so. Right. Genius. Yeah. Got to be careful.
Yeah, Corey Dakar, MD, auto repair costs vary widely across the U.S. And one way you can keep your repair shops from screwing you is to act like a car expert yourself. I thought it was the exact opposite. You're supposed to act like a car expert so they don't screw you over. If you go in there and I, I don't really know. Like it says, never say this stuff when you go to a mechanic. Never say, I was going to repair it myself, but I don't want to get icky. Oh, icky. It's a definite sign you have no idea (laughs) what you're talking about. That's a good tip. There's another thing, you you know, immediately lets the mechanic know that you're clueless, okay? (laughs) You should probably check the uh, Cadillac tick converter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a giveaway. Something else they'll say to the mechanic, they'll know you're a novice. I tried to fix it by putting air in the tires. No dice. (laughs) Something else, you just don't say to a mechanic, it gets a dead giveaway. If I need a new battery, why didn't it beep like my smoke alarm? Mm. <laughs> I know you're full of it. Full you have no it. idea what you're talking about. Nope. Something else you shouldn't say. There's a delay between the ver and the room. <laughs> I've been guilty of that. Yeah. I act out the sounds. You know me. Oh, yeah. You're totally acting mm-hmm. it out. Well, no, don't do that, Heidi, and don't do this as well. It rained last night, so I'm sure the problem is the car got wet. Ah. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's supposed it to It didn't rain wet. that often, so... It might be the rain. Yeah. Uh, something else you shouldn't say to the mechanic. It hasn't run the same since I changed the license plate. Mm. <laughs> Novice. Novice. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to screw you. Another thing you don't say to the mechanic. So wait, there aren't actually horses powering this thing? No. Wait, <laughs> I understand. Actually, you know how much a horsepower one horse has? An actual horse? How much horsepower does one horse have? Well, now I would, I, I, I want to say one horsepower. Eh, fifteen. One horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually is has fifteen, 15 horsepower. horsepower. Yeah, don't ask. I don't mm-hmm. know. But as you say that to a mechanic, he might know that. Like, uh, like damn. So when somebody goes, oh man, that is nice. Look how many horses you got under there. You know that guys always do rub the chest and go, how many horses you got under there? How many horses do you got in that truck of yours? Do you I know? I think it's uh, it's an eight eight liter eight uh, six forty. <laughs> Hemi. <laughs> You're just saying words now that you've heard on commercials. That's true. Well, don't but do was that. it a Jeep commercial? Don't do that with a mechanic. Because they'll know you're a novice. You have no idea what you're talking about. They're going to screw you over. And don't say this. Okay. If a belt broke, does that mean the engine's getting fat? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't. That engine's thick. It's so thick, too. See, thick. Big girl, you are beautiful. You know what I realized as I look into my prize pants? Nothing. No, it's Wor- full. Worthless. The happiest place on earth is in there. <laughs> oh. I forgot. Nine o'clock hour. I had that four pack of Disney tickets. You better get on because we're almost not in the nine o'clock hour anymore. Disneyland or Disneyland California Adventure. Yeah, to celebrate the Halloween haunting that's happening now through October 31st. We have a four pack. Marcy's got a four pack in the noon hour. And then Kevin and Slugger have another four-pack in the five o'clock hour, so you want to keep right here. Uh, let's see. Is Marcy not in today? Hi, where's Marcy? JD's in. Said JD. she's out till Friday. JD in the midday. The boss man. He's still the boss Nothing man. better than JD in the midday. I'm just talking about my lunch. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey. Also, if you want to get those staring into nothing tickets... Because I haven't given those away either. Two tickets to that Staring Into Nothing, a new musical rock opera that explores the impact of mass media, social media, and the digital information age on the quality of our lives. 
That's happening October 7th through the 9th at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. So if that's uh, something you'd like to see, just ask Corey for him and she'll give them to you. But the phone line to jam with people who want those Disneyland tickets. Now, it's a one-day, one-park, four-pack, and you get to choose the park you want to go to, either Disneyland or Disneyland nice. California Adventure. It's up to you. And the winner is, it's Luis. Hey, Frank. What's up, guys? You, hey, won, you won the Disney four-pack. What's up, guys? All right, you Thanks, won. Guys. So do you have uh, who are you taking with you? Your wife and kids? Um, yeah, I'm taking my son. His birthday was on the 13th. Um, oh, you met him a couple days ago. Perfect. I mean, a couple months ago. Nice. Well, that worked out well. I'm glad you won. So stay on hold. And Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. Caleb, it's rock. Yeah, that's how you win. That's how you do it. Stay on hold, and Corey's going to give you your tickets. And she's also looking for people who'd like those uh, staring the nothing tickets as well. So she's in there working hard. Let's uh, end the show and hardly work. That's we now have, you're talking my language. We have to apologize to those we have offended first and then go home. Oh, uh, there's quite a few. The extended Cox family. <laughs> Ooh. Yep. Disgruntled co-workers, the Four Seasons, and Five Guys Burgers. The Toy Hall of Fame, Mechanics, Charlie Daniels, and Nickelback. Two Buck Chuck, HOA members, Columbo, and uh, anybody named Bertha. Volvo, Spring Breakers, Home Workers, and the Denver Bronco. The U.S. government, Gilligan's Island, painters, and people with sap burns. Los Angeles, Mouth Breathers, Anita Baker, and Santa Claus. You really have to listen to the whole show brought to you by GiveMeTheVin.com, America's best and safest car buyer. We are Heidi and Frank. KLOS and KLOS HD1 Los Angeles. Mornings with Heidi and Frank. I did my hair. I put eyebrows on. Hey, you failed. You thought you just rolled out of bed. Kevin and Sluggo on your ride home. If you snort this stuff, it's nose spray. It makes your body tan. Southern California Rock Station. It's 95.5 KLOS.